For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple making podcast brought to you by Brown to Green on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, disciples, thank you for listening. This is Michael Ferris. Uh, this is Travis Evans. And we are here with Rick Rosas. I said it wrong, didn't I? Did I get it right? I got, got it right. I got it right. He's from OPC. See? You, baby, you know me. <laughs> Overland Park Community Church. Is that right, Rick? You're at Overland Park, right? <laughs> yes. yes. That's right. <laughs> Man, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, we're doing good. It's good to have you on here, finally. Yeah, it is. We we were gonna try to try to get it, get with you in December, right? And then things got crazy, and we weren't able to do that. So, man, it's good to have you. Good to have you on here yeah. on the show. Yeah, it yeah. is good to have you. So, man, like, how's everything been going on your end? It's been interesting. It's been inter- interesting. <laughs> Raising a family, making disciples. Um, it's been quite the learning experience, but it's been exciting. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your story, right? Like who were you? Like, if you can, like, I'm going to ask you, go ahead and we're going to go like walk through the Jesus story, right? Who were you before the Lord? Right. When did you get to know the Lord? And like, how's everything working out for you now? Making disciples. Um, where do you go to church? Right. Like, again, we talk about Overland Park community, like community church. Like that's a uh, Jimmy Holbrook. He's the head guy there. Correct. 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 Like how <laughs> you end up in, in, like you end up in Jimmy's Jimmy's life, right? And he invited you in to follow him him as he follows the Lord. And now yeah. you've and you did that, right? And then you walked with him for how long? I walked with him for one year as a disciple, and then he just <laughs> threw me into it and we've been making the things happen. Awesome. Come on. And so man, let's start from the beginning, right? So so who's Rick? Or who was Rick? Oh man. B- BC uh... Rick. <laughs> Oh man, he was not a pleasant person. Um, I guess the best place to start would be at about 2010. Uh, this was right before I found, uh, the woman, the Jesus put in my life. And so I was just a guy, uh, addicted to video games, uh, addicted to, I don't know, basically lust and anger. And they were my, they were my best friends. <laughs> And, uh, I finally decided at some point in my life that I needed to change. And so I welcomed in essentially the spirit of change. And that's how I ended up finding my wife, a girlfriend at the time. And, uh, I basically just saw this girl and I was like, I, I don't just lust after this woman. I, I truly see a purpose like, and I, I couldn't obviously put words to it, but like there was, there was a reason there was a spirit behind like me finding this woman. And, and basically I stepped into it. It was one of those moments where I was, I was a coward. I was just doing what I needed to, to be happy. And I had my first test of the Lord was where he said, all right, if you really want to, if, well, again, this is again, this is all hindsight, but if you want to follow, if you want to do what is right, this is your first step. And so I asked her to be my girlfriend. I started dating her. And as anybody who's ever been in a relationship can tell you, uh, that's, that's where you start to learn that you're not perfect. 
And <laughs> that's where I really just started getting knocked down year by year. Um, and again, so I was willing to change and I don't know. I mean, it started with not being a picky eater and just, I don't know. I mean, it was really just, uh, it was walking through life. And that's one of the things that's been probably the hardest so far in my walk to explain is how Jesus has been with me when I didn't know it and how I was listening because I wanted to do what was right. Even if I didn't have, I guess the best thing I could think of to say was that the, the law was written on my heart and I, I could feel it, but it took, <laughs> it just took steps of obedience for me to finally get to the point where I was like, all right, I could go to a church. Okay. And and so before before you met your wife in 2010, was that when you guys met? 2010, uh, 2011. 2011 is when you met. Before you met her, um, had you ever gone to church before? Did you grow up in the church? Did you come from a Christian household? Or no, <laughs> no, I did not. So my mom calls herself Catholic, and uh, that was pretty much the extent to my understanding of faith. We had no. We we celebrated Christmas and Easter. Um, but we did not believe in going to church. That was just not a thing that we did. Um, there was no talk of Jesus. The only people who in my life that described Jesus were my grandparents. And, uh, I mean, they walked me through it. Like you have to make sure that you accept him as savior. And as long as you do that and you know that he died on a cross for you, that you're good to go. (laughs) And so that was really the only thing. And that might've been 2013, 2014. And, uh, so I didn't think I needed to do anything. So yeah. there was really no desire to, to further my walk. What made you, what point. made you, even your grandparents walk you through that in 2013, 2014, going from a household where we didn't really talk about Jesus, but now there's this, this moment in your life where, you know, you're going to your grandparents or however that conversation, I don't even know how did that conversation even come about? What led you to that point to have that conversation? So we had just taken a trip where I was away from my family. So it was just me and my grandparents and, uh, we were just out in their, uh, their RV and, uh, it was, I don't know. I think what most likely ended up happening is they were asking me what was happening in my life. And I was telling them basically how lost I was I'm telling them about video games and just how I'm walking down this path. And they're just looking, they must be looking at each other. Like, I don't know what to do with this kid. <laughs> and so they just laid it out there and, uh, I was like, all right, that sounds good. How old are you, Rick? Like, how old are you back then? Oh, I guess 16, 17. You're 16, 17. How old are you now? I'm 26. 26. Okay. That's right on. All right, man. So keep going. So, so 2014, you're 16 years old in grandparents RV. They lead you to Christ. Is that fair? I would say it's a pretty loose, I would say, yeah, I could accept that a guy died on on a cross and that that would forgive me of my sins, but I had no idea what that really meant. Okay. I wouldn't say that I actually got saved. I would say that I actually got saved sitting down with my pastor. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of moving a little forward. So I don't, I must not have the ages right, but essentially 2017, I guess. Yeah, there, it's a long story. So 2016 my wife and I were pretty serious. We're six years in at this point. She loses her grandmother, who's her role model. And she loses her mother who is pretty much her everything. (laughs) And, uh, I should also mention she's a loose Christian at this point. She goes to church. She had a church background. She worked at a church, but, um, as like a childcare 
But um, at that point, she completely loses her faith. <laughs> and I didn't have really a faith at that point. So I think it was really in the hospital with her mother. Basically, we were all saying our last words, um, just whatever we could say. And I was just praying to God, like, Lord, I don't know uh, what you want, but obviously you're in control of this situation and uh, I'm going to trust your will, but, but I'd like you to keep her here. And he said, it wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the plan. And basically at that point, he, he had cracked my heart. Like I had such a hard heart that had consistently hardened and hardened and hardened. And it was with her passing. Um, there's so many aspects of it, but basically with her passing, he, he shattered my heart. I mean, there was no way of keeping a hard heart when my whole purpose at that point had been to protect my again, girlfriend at that time. Um, and he said, you, you can't, you're not in control of this. This like, yeah. you, you can only control so much. And, uh, that was the only way that I could see him breaking me through that. And so with, immediately after that, I had to start working at a job, um, to support her. Cause she was at a point in her life where she was student teaching, couldn't make an income. And at the first job that I'm at, I meet a guy who, uh, was a previously a Catholic and he's like, Hey, I got this new girlfriend. She's, uh, <laughs> she's going to this church. I'm not sure about it, but I'd rather go with you if you'd be willing. And so at this point I had gone to, I don't know, I'd been inside of a church to listen to a full service three times in my entire life. Wow. And he, he talks me into it and I'm like, yeah, I, I was just, the Lord had put prime me. I was, I was a person of peace at that point. And, uh, and he walks me into this church and that's where Jimmy Holbrook's pre preaching. And, uh, I just remember, I'll never forget the song. There was uh, the worship pastor led us through a song called lay it all down. And, uh, mm -hmm. it took a few weeks. It took a few weeks, but he, he just kind of, he got me to lay it all down. And I sought, um, I sought to get baptized. So I went and talked to, to try to talk with Jimmy and the Lord just wouldn't let that communication happen. Kind of like today, there's just some communication errors. It took a little bit longer. Um, and after like a few months of me trying to get baptized, I finally get through to Jimmy and he, uh, takes me to lunch and he just walks me through, well, what's your relationship with Jesus? If you want to get baptized, like, what are you getting baptized for? And that's where I really finally laid it down after a seven year journey, trying to find, find the truth. I just laid it all down at fortune walk with my pastor. Come on. That's cool. I love that, man. Heck yeah. So what, yeah. what year was that? Then when you, so 2017, 2017, so 2017, you lay it all down. Like, man, you make Jesus Lord of your life. Yeah. Hey, how cool is this? So like M Michael and I got invited in to walk with Chris Moix in 2017. Like there was some significant stuff going in my life in 2017. Right. I mean, it's kind of cool. The timing that what the Lord is doing and all this same time, you guys up in Kansas city yeah. area and here we are down here. That's just sweet. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> ah, it is the Lord. It, it is, is the Lord. Lord. It is the Lord. When, go ahead, Michael. You got something. He's Michael's looking at, I think he's looking for a scripture. I, I was just thinking, man, like when you were talking about, um, 
like the Lord, like the Lord saying, like you're, I, I can't remember exactly the words you used. I didn't write it down exactly, but like you were saying in that moment, you're, you're crying out to the Lord. Right. And, and he was like kind of showing you he's in control. And like, it just totally brought to mind this, this word that my sons keep, keeps bringing up. Tucker keeps bringing up about Job 38. We're like, when the, when the Lord says to Job, like, like brace yourself like a man, I'll ask, I'll question you and you shall answer me. And then he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. And like, he starts going through this, like the Lord speaking, you know, and it's like that That's moment where you get, good. man, like he, he is king of it all. Right. Yeah. And it, and it pulls everything into perspective for us. Right. Exactly. Oh man. I was walked through two seasons of Job and that's, yeah, that, that hit me, but I haven't had it hit me in that moment with that memory. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's super cool. So, man, from there, um, Jimmy, Jimmy leads you to the Lord. I'm guessing you got baptized soon after that, right? Yep. A week after. A week after. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Immediately they were baptized. I can see Jimmy Jimmy showing you that next, like sliding an axe across the table saying, hey, here's what it says next. And so, man, from there, now you walked with Jimmy for a year. So when did so when did Jimmy invite you in to walk out Matthew 28, which I mean was probably a completely foreign concept to you, right? Because you only been in church three times till then, only had a handful of conversations with the Lord. So you probably like, like, tell me, tell me about that. Tell me how that conversation went. And even if you hadn't, like, did you have an idea about what disciple making was or were you completely like, what do you, what's happening right now? Yeah. So, um, I was clueless. I had not, I had probably opened the Bible twice at that point in my life. Hmm. And, uh, I was basically saying, Jimmy, uh, I want to learn more, <laughs> get me into something. So he was trying to get me discipled with somebody else and they were just having trouble getting started. Everybody else was telling them no. And so I was the one disciple who was saying yes. And uh, so he didn't want to launch with just one disciple. And so essentially it probably took four or five months. And Jimmy just said, you know what? I'm, I'm just taking you back, <laughs> taking you under my wing. And uh, so I said, all right. And uh, we jumped in with a group of about five guys. And uh, I was just hungry. I was just, I was so hungry to, because I don't know. I, I, when you're not in the word before, you know, to abide, um, or even what the word abide means. Uh, it's really hard to get in the word if, uh, I don't know, you're doing it solo. And, uh, I don't know. I was, I was kind of caught up in the spirit, you know, when you first get saved and the spirit's just pouring out and you, you just want to do things. And, uh, and so that's what I did, but he, <laughs> so once I finally got to sit down with Jimmy and we were working through the, through shapes and just getting down in there. I mean, I was just, I don't know. The best, the best way I could describe it is I was just hungry. I just wanted to learn. That's super. That's yes. awesome, man. That's super awesome. What was, so what was the biggest thing? Like what was the first thing that really started to kind of shift for you being discipled like where the Lord really started to kind of get a hold of you? I'm like, you're talking about abiding, right? Was it abiding? Was it, was it coming to dying to something? Like what was the thing the Lord really started to kind of press inside of you? Like, Hey, this is like, this is how you get to know me more. I think the biggest, the first thing that happened was just the call to obedience. And so I guess in that time frame, that, uh, even before discipleship really started, he was calling me into the obedience. So I got saved and I ended up meeting with, uh, just a Christian business group. And 
important, I think. So at this point, I guess I was engaged when I got saved in 2017, I was engaged to be married and, uh, I was not following the Lord. We weren't, we were, uh, I don't know. We we're not saving ourselves till marriage. And that was the first thing the Lord put on my heart. He said, all right, you need to, you need to figure this out. Like if you're saying you're following me, you need to be following me. And he actually led me. So I'm talking with Jimmy about this, but I also was led to, uh, I guess the best way to describe him was a wandering pastor and author. And he was telling, um, I, I, we just, every time we talked, we realized like we had a word for each other. And basically I just walked up to him and I said, Hey, you have something you need to tell me. And I don't know what it is. And so he prayed over it and we ended up having lunch and he met with me and my girlfriend at the time again, our fiance at the time. And, uh, he basically taught, walked me through how he ended up getting a divorce with his wife and everything that went wrong in his marriage. And he basically set me up to say like, what is this relationship? How did you form this relationship? And is this, is this of the Lord? Um, what makes you guys, what, what, what's keeping you in this relationship? And I mean, he really just, I don't know. He got me to open my eyes and say like, man, I love this woman. And, uh, it pushed me to, I mean, yeah, to stop living in sin in, in that area of my life. That was the first step. That's awesome. That is cool. That's I, I have some questions, right? So, like, man, like, like, fill me in. Is she is she tracking with you? Like, right? Is she following the Lord? Is she watching you? Is she is she kind of like, hey, this is awesome. This is really cool for you. Or is she like, is she on board with this? So you're what like, where is she at so this she, point? At this point, so all of 2017, she's at a point of God took my mom away from me and I don't want to talk about it. Like, I'm glad you're kind of learning about him. Um, But then (laughs) the next thing that came was me leading her, (laughs) leading her in her relationship with him. And so she did not receive that well. She didn't like going to church immediately. She didn't like being led because, I mean, when you're free and you don't feel restricted, all of a sudden you get restrictions placed on you. You generally don't react well. And so it took probably, I don't know, uh, nine months of me being discipled by Jimmy before she really said, wow, like this, what's happening in your life is not only inspiring, but like, I want that. And yeah. And so that's when she was like, all right, well now how can I get discipled? And so yeah, I was about right around when, right before I got released is when she started asking around, she's like, I want to get discipled. And we didn't have enough uh, women leaders in our church. So she was just waiting around, waiting around. So I was trying to lead her here and lead her there, but she needed like a full, a a woman to speak into her life. And I, I really love that. It reminds me of the word first, first Thessalonians four, three through five says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body and holiness and honor, not in the passion and lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So, man, for our listeners, because I know there's some out there who struggle, like they struggle through this, right? Like we had a conversation with one of, um, he's single and he's like, man, I think it'd be easier. Like, anyway, I don't want to go too much into that, but he's like, but man, like there's a, there's that struggle, right? Being single, following the Lord, right? And, and even those who are dating, following the Lord and trying to walk out their obedience to the Lord in this. So, man, like in this moment, you guys are engaged. Are you living together when you're engaged? We were, yeah. you were. So you're living together as you're engaged, right? And the Lord's like, hey, like, man, like, 
flee from sexual morality. Let ne- like let this not be, you know, among you. And so you start walking that, and you said this is kind of one of the first things the Lord really put on you before you were even being discipled. Is that correct? Correct. And so through, like, man, like, I mean, and you can say, hey, I don't know if we should get into that, but like, man, like, what what did that do to y'all's relationship as you're leading her through that and you continue? I'm sure there was moments where you're like, this is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, she's not on, she's not fully on board with this. Like, was it one of those things, like, was it an easy conversation? Hey, the Lord's telling me, man, this is my obedience. And was it like, was there, you know, put major pushback? Was it one of those things where like, Hey, okay. Like, I don't agree, but I'll follow you in this. Like kind of, you know, how did that play out? And how did you continue to, I guess I would say allow the Lord to pour into you. Right. And allow the Lord to be your, your strength through you walking through this obedience. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I guess I'll start this conversation off by saying I'm stubborn and my wife is stubborn. (laughs) So the conversation was easy. The uh, follow through was hard. And so essentially what happened was I came up to my wife and said, Hey, we need to stop, you know, we need to stop living in sin. And uh, she said, no. (laughs) And so I said, why would, why would you, uh, why, why do you say no? And obviously like there's the temptation and there's the pleasure And, uh, and so what ended up happening was she talked me into saying no to God. Mm. And so that, so essentially that night we, I like prayed to God and I said, Lord, if you don't want us doing this, then take this desire from us. And, um, and so then we basically denied God and I woke up the next day. We both woke up the next day. And all of our lust had been taken away. Come on. It was, it was the weirdest thing. And so we were just like, well, I guess we're not doing that anymore. And, uh, so, so yeah, so he, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into it, but that basically he, uh, so yeah, so he took away our lust and on the night of our wedding, he, he ended up taking the joy away from me the first time that we ended up like tying our union. And, uh, and he said, this is your punishment. And, and after that, it was fine, but it was, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you why I can't explain it, but, um, but yeah, that, that's just kind of, I don't know what, what the Lord worked out in, in my life. And, uh, so yeah, I, I tried to rebel, but I wanted to, I wanted the Lord. Um, and so I said, Lord, I'm not strong enough for this. So if this is what you want, Lord, I need you to lead. I need you to lead me. And that was, that was the, the situation that ended up happening. So, and, and he answered you like, how legit is that dude? Like it's like, <laughs> uh, there's so many Psalms that say that like where David says, like I cried out to the Lord in my distress and he answers me. Like Psalm 120 verse one is one of them, but like, how legit is that? Right. Like you just cried out to him and he, like the Lord is speaking to you, bro. It's so cool. Right. <laughs> it is you, like this, this story kind of puts a whole new picture for me on Hebrews 12, 11 it says no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in his ways. So I guess, yeah. I guess no discipline seems enjoyable <laughs> at the time. Pleasant at the time. Yeah. 
So. Oh man, yep. But there's a cost to the choices that we make, and yeah. uh, he's what been walking s- me through that again and again. What yeah. you say is true. How cool is it? So, like, you talk about like her seeing your transformation, right? And like, like that's what's drawing her to the Lord. Going, okay, like, like I want what you have, right? Like I'm seeing this, and I and I want that, like. Man, that's that's so sweet. So, like, talk talk into that a little bit. Like, what it, what it looks like that she's she's seeing that transformation. Like, what what kind of transformation are we talk about? You and I talked about this. You were like, "Hey, do I need to?" You know, like, we we have one. We had one guy on a podcast that his wife wrote a letter, right, and talked about the transformation. And you said, "Hey, do I need to get do I need to get my wife to write a letter?" And I was like, "No, nah, you don't need to do that." But then now I'm going, "Hey, what?" What do you think? What do you think the transformation she was seeing is that was really leading her to the Lord, like that was drawing her in? Yeah. So, um, the so what she told me today. So I did actually. We we both fasted for today because we were both really excited, and she was walked through by her discipleship leader to fast for another reason, and so I used it as a good excuse to fast. But um, so we were both basically. She sat with the Lord in the prayer hexagon today and was t- was praying for me for this this podcast, but, um, but she was telling me that she was just so impressed how I had kind of gone from a guy who was just going about things. As long as I was happy, that was what mattered. And when I got discipled, when I was actually like, um, basically when I got discipled, I was so my, I guess my gifting was to encourage and that's still my gifting as, um, and I like, and the Lord is just so good. <laughs> it's like, I kept, mm-hmm. I, all I do is I see the puzzle pieces connecting and it's like, these are the questions that I've been asking my entire life and I'm being answered again and again. And, uh, and so I would just be encouraging people who just, I mean, just people at church, um, just our family, our friends. And, uh, I don't know. She was just, she saw the, what she said was the leadership, but what I saw was just kind of, I had been in a shell for so long and I'd broken out of the shell. And I was, I mean, I, w- I wanted people to know what the Lord was doing in my life. Come on, and she, that was, I think that's the biggest thing that drew her. That's awesome. That is awesome. Right. It's, it's the whole, like, they'll know us by the way we love, right? Like, how cool is that? That's really cool. And so, man, like you're, you're walking through this, you walked with Jimmy for, you said for about a year, right? Being discipled. What are some other things as you walked with him that you gleaned from, from walking with him? Like, I'm sure that abiding is number one, right? Like we always talk about John 15, like getting a word. And so as you're like, we, you were talking about this whole, uh, video games, right? Like you that led to anger, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there, like it was time for a change. Was this something that you kind of gave up? Like, did you give up video games, or was there something where you like you found? Like, I'm I'm guessing I don't know. I'm just you know I'm asking questions, right? But like for some guys, it's like the anger they kind of let go. Of the anger that once caught like video games do cause sometimes like the stuff doesn't bother them mm-hmm. as much. Like I had right. a similar experience where the Lord's like, hey, sell your PS4. And I didn't sell, like I held on to it for like six months, but I wasn't playing games till one night I was playing a video game. My buddy had given me, he's like, Hey, play this game with me. And I started for 30 minutes and my wife's in the kitchen. Right. And I start hearing drawers kind of slam and cabinets kind of like shutting a little bit harder than usual. And I'm like, she seems like she's mad. And the Lord's like, like either you could be abiding with her. Or you could be abiding with me. 
And I'm like, yeah. oh, right. And I, I pulled the game out, sold my PlayStation. And the reality is I haven't missed it at all. Because yeah. I think there was a buddy of mine was having a wedding. We played Call of Duty. And I'm like, this is why I stopped playing this game. Right. Like it begins to build this anger inside of me. So I mean, like, yeah. like, is that something for you? Was that similar? You gave, you died like to playing video games or is it more like you died to the anger that came from playing video games or, or both? So interestingly enough, this goes back to part of how the Lord was working in my life before I even accepted him. Um, so I had a couple of friends that were uh, my best friends that were just not, <laughs> not, not godly influences on my life. And even without knowing God, I was like, I just need to get these guys out of my life because they were, it was, they were, we were video game friends. And so you just hang out and yeah, you just, you hang out playing video games, getting mad at things and just yelling. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it just poured out into the rest of our lives. And I was like, I, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to get better. I don't know what that means, but I know it means not being with these guys anymore. And, uh, basically when I cut these guys out of my life, um, I stopped playing video games because I didn't really have any reason to do so. And so, yeah, so that was a couple years before I got saved. That was 2015. Um, but I basically said, well, yeah, I, I said, guys, I can't handle this anymore. And, uh, and so I said, if you, if you, well, I really didn't, I didn't give them a chance. I said, I, I'm, I'm leaving and, uh, sorry, but if you guys change your mind, you know how to get a hold of me. But I mean, yeah, it's just, it just wasn't a healthy spot to be in. And, uh, that was again, just one of those steps that I took before to get myself into a, being a person of peace before I realized what I was doing and before I realized the Lord was working in my life. It was, I, I knew I needed to be better than I was. So that's how I, that's how I cut video games out of my life. And I mean, I still have them from time to time, but it's, my goal now is if I'm going to play a game, it's to try and encourage somebody or try and yeah, just try and lift somebody up share an experience with a person. Yeah, it's the same here. Like, just so our listeners know, we're not saying video games are the devil, right? Like, every everybody has their thing, and if you're not careful, it can become unhealthy. And so, for, I know for me, it became it started to become unhealthy, you know. So, I completely get where you're coming from. So, man, like, so anyway, so you're walking with Jimmy, right? And then he's like, "Hey, right. it's time for you to go make disciples." What's going through your mind? <laughs> uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. No, Jimmy, Jimmy cut me off a little bit early. Cause he was like, well, I'm not just going to have you guys, um, I don't know, sitting here trying to drink the milk when you, when you guys are eating full food on your own. And, uh, so basically I didn't know what to do. And so initially what I ended up happening was I ended up joining a, a <laughs> over the course of a year, two different groups for essentially six months each. And, uh, so I joined one of the guys groups who I had been discipled with and, uh, walked with him and kind of got to lead a couple times when he wasn't able to meet at, in his group. And then, uh, when that group got released, I still wasn't feeling ready and I didn't have people at peace in my life. Um, and so I joined another group. <laughs> and so I really, I took it slow. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was, but it was good because everywhere that the Lord put me, there was somebody who I could speak into their life. And it was, it was, I mean, it's just interesting to see I was, there was kind of a group of older guys and there was a group, a group of younger guys and to see how everybody was walking and how they were interpreting the Lord and just kind of where they were at. It gave me a pretty good perspective when I was ready to start my group of, um, 
what I could expect potentially, obviously everybody has their own story and everybody has their own situation, but, but I was actually a little bit more comfortable when I was ready to start my group, which did not end up happening until a year ago. Yeah. So this was, this was what, 20, 2018, 2019, you got released in 2018 or is that right? <clears throat> Let's see. So I got saved in 17. So I probably started yeah. So I think 2018 was my year of discipleship under Jimmy. So 2019 I'm released right. all of 2019. I'm jumping around groups and then 2020, uh, what is it? February, or March, we, I launched my own group. So, and we met in the fall of 2019, didn't we? At, uh, yeah. at Brown to green at the at Brown to green at, at OPCC. Yep. Yeah. That was an awesome, awesome opportunity. Yeah, Encouraging. Cool. Super cool. All right. I I just was, uh, I'm just kind of getting the timeline there. <laughs> okay. And so, and you said you started your group. So you met, you met Travis 2019, right? I don't know if we actually got to meet. Did we get actually get to meet? Or you were with, you were in a breakout with Travis, right? So. Yeah. yeah. We might've been in the same room, but I don't know if we actually met. Okay. And so from there, 20, 2020, you start your first group. Yep. <laughs> kick off strong in February and then <laughs> shut down from COVID. Oh, man, <laughs> so right. we had three meetings in person and uh, then we went virtual for through probably, I don't know. I don't know. We did six months, probably virtual took the summer off. And I think we met virtual one more time. And I said, we have to start meeting in person. Ooh, that's okay. And uh, I want to, I want to talk about that, man. Like what it like, so you're like, Hey, we have to start meeting back in person what were some of the struggles meeting virtually, right? Like, I mean, you're starting a group very first time to start a group 20 COVID hits, right? Man, yeah. what was that like? Highs, lows, um, struggles, wow. wins. So first meeting in person, there was, I mean, it was hard enough because there's just, I don't know. There was, there's always just struggles. I mean, you, it, when you launch something, I mean, you're going to have the enemy attacking you immediately because mm-hmm. you're it, it basically, with, <laughs> I know the answer now, but like, with what authority are you starting a group? Right. <laughs> and you're going to get a challenge in every way. And if you're not ready for it, I mean, that's going to kind of knock you down. And so I had talked through that with Jimmy and we kind of like, I was comfortable, but, um, basically I was starting a group with three guys who had been in the word for <laughs> 10 to 20 years. And, uh, and I'm coming at it as a guy who's been in the word for three years and so I'm already a little bit nervous. And so I'm starting it and I was like, well, maybe we'll be a little bit more flexible, try and focus a little bit more on, uh, I mean, we're not getting anybody saved because everybody's saved. And so it was more like, well, how can we strengthen people's walks? How can we, um, go out and help our community? And, uh, and so then we, you know, virtual three weeks in and immediately we're like, well, if we're not comfortable meeting with each other. How are we going <laughs> to go and, uh, help the community? Uh, and I mean, yeah, there was a lot of fear that was hitting hard and that kind of, that, I mean, that just kind of took away part of the, the fellowship, the, the, just we took away some of the spirit. It was quenching the spirit. And, um, uh, so we basically met, we talked, we had a really great Bible study over the phone, over, over zoom. Um, it was very orderly. It's like, all right, I'm going to start us off. This guy's going to pray. We're going to go through the scripture. What were your takeaways? What were your takeaways? 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was good because we were in the word, we were encouraging each other. We were sharing through the struggles of life, but it just wasn't the same as, I don't know, getting down in there. And, uh, I don't know, getting into the nitty gritty. It was when, when you feel like you can't respond or you have to respond one at a time, it'll slow you down. It'll prevent you from, from sharing. And it was just hard. Yeah. So man, like you're, you're doing this, like if, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Like, but it sounds like you, like it began just kind of become like a Bible study. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you're saying like, man, we weren't able to get down to nitty gritty for some of our people. Like what we've kind of realized is like, we have three, we have three group of listeners. We have those who are completely outside of disciple making, right? right? We have those who are being discipled and those who are disciple makers. And so we know like, so as you're talking like me, the disciple makers, I, we know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. But maybe right. some of those who are outside disciple making, they're like, what's wrong with this Bible study? How's the Bible study not getting into the, into the, you know, deep into it? Can you, can you talk us through some of that? Like what's the difference between making disciples and what's the difference between a Bible study? Oh yeah. So a Bible study is when you're just sitting around. Okay. I don't want to sound, sound negative. <laughs> so a Bible study is when you're actually reading the word and you're learning from the word. Whereas discipleship, intentional discipleship, when you're walking through life together is where you're challenging people. You're getting into the struggles. Um, you're when someone says they have a problem, it's not, Oh, well, let's pray about it. Or let's do something about it. It's like, all right, well, what's this problem? Like, let's dig into this and address this issue so that we can, so that you can overcome it. We we want the Lord to take on this problem for you. And like, we want, we want to see movement in your life. So this problem is not preventing your walk um is not slowing down your walk with the lord come on ah. dude. good answer that's a great answer man <laughs> i love yeah. it yes i love it so what does that look like if i come to the if i come to the group right and i'm like man i'm here's here's a struggle for me mm-hmm. right like you're listening like i know for us like we sit around the table we break bread together right and we go through highs and lows and intention of that so we can hear where people are like their their wellness right and so if i come into rick's room what does it look like when I'm like, bro, today sucked, right? Like I had a, I had a crap, like I had a crap, like you guys, do you have a scenario, Travis? Jeremy, you got a scenario? Like something to just throw out there? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Jeremy's, Jeremy's been listening. He's been playing video games this whole time. I'm joking. Not the whole time. <laughs> so a bad day scenario? Yeah. Yeah, I got a great one. Listen. What happens when, when five minutes before the podcast starts, you get a ticket? Ooh, did that happen to you today? Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> oh man, Rick, you go. Show model it. Yeah, Rick. So, the, so Rick, here, here I am. I'm in your group. Man, I can't take it anymore. Man, my gosh, where's the favor of God? I was nice to the cop. I was like, hey, we support you. All this stuff, and he's like, oh, I support you too. Here's your ticket. I'm, I'm through with this. This is a real life scenario. Just say no, Rick. This is a real life scenario. (laughs) Oh man! All right. Well, get your Bible ready. (laughs) I'm reminded of. (laughs) Oh man! Well, I mean, my first thought would be, um, man, were you following the Lord? Like, were you following the Lord when you were (laughs) expeding or doing something to break the law? I mean, how, how are you being obedient in that point in time? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. He just, I, he just came at you hard. I know. Here's <laughs> like, what was so funny is I about jumped in and said, what I would have said is, well, why'd you break the law? <laughs> so, hey, I'll give you props. That's what I would have said. 
Oh man. But, um, but yeah. And so I guess, I mean, if that were one of my guys saying that, that would have been probably my first thought is, I mean, we're open, honest, like <laughs> guys, like well, if we were called to obey the laws of the land. So, um, but again, I mean, I, it could be any situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the, after that, I mean, if, if, if that was met with aggression or if you're like, all right, well, um, well, man, I, I needed to get here and I knew this is where the Lord wanted me. So I had to rush to get here and I got a speeding ticket because of that. I'd be like, um, well, let's talk about it. Like, why were you in such a rush? Uh, what, <laughs> why were you in such a rush, Jeremy? So here's the funny part of this. Like, this is what actually went through my brain. This whole process was I was uh, helping a church across town. And so I was dropping off some equipment that they had gotten. So I, I was trying to get back for the podcast, literally. And so I, I just, I want, you know, obviously I was frustrated that little bit, like who isn't, you know, but, um, but I literally thought, man, praise God that I've, I've got the means to take care of this. Like I literally thought, you know, this doesn't even like, I was more frustrated that, that it just happened. It wasn't about losing the money on the ticket, which that's frustrating because there's just no, I get frustrated when you have zero to show for it. Right. And I have nothing to show for it. I am going to frame the ticket. I mean, that's something. Come on, man. (laughs) Well, it's legit. Let's, I mean, let's, it's a hundred percent fair, right? Because I mean, there's times like as you build relationship and you have a relationship with the guy, you can come like you're sitting at the table, like, well, hold up, bro. Like Romans 13. Right. Yeah. And like, you were like, yeah, that's exactly what went through my mind. Yeah. And man, I was reminded of the same word earlier that I was joking with when I said like Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 12, 11 for that moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. And like what you just said, was like the Lord's already provided the means to take care of it. Yeah. Right? It sucked to get the ticket, but the Lord's right. I'm yeah. not going to feel it. The best part is my wife will take care of it. And I just won't even notice it. Like, <laughs> there you go. She, she'll, you know, I called her and she, it, it, that's the, I called her immediately and I'm like, I got another ticket and I'll tell you guys about the <laughs> another ticket. Listen, here we go. There's a, there's a, the quick version of that is eight years, not even pulled over in the last year, like four tickets. What is what? And I don't even, it's, it's not for like excessive stuff either. It's not like I was going 60 and a 45, you know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> point is, is I called her and she's not mad or nothing. She's like, Oh, well, that's all right. We'll get it. I mean, that's it. That was all there was to it. And I'm like, man, I'm blessed. I am highly favored and blessed of God. How many people can say that after getting a ticket? Come on. Hopefully everybody. <laughs> Too blessed to be stressed. That's right, baby. <laughs> Shirts on his way. Shirts oh, on the man. Way. I would probably lean in and just say, if there was four times that reason, <laughs> the Lord might be trying to say something to you. Yeah. Oh. yeah hey, well, Rick, we're going to give you go. Jeremy's number shortly. Oh, so. <laughs> There's a lot more to those stories. Let me just tell you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So, man, like, so yeah, so keep keep going. So, like, it's a little bit different than a, than a Bible study, right? So, like, so like you're talking like these moments, like you get to press into these guys, you get to walk them through some of these things, right? Observation, right. reflection, washing with the word, you know? So like, right. man, like give us some other examples of how it's a little bit different. Like you're saying like, man, like you're doing hard things together. Keep going. Oh yeah. I guess, um, I mean, the key is really just living life together. And, uh, and that means like taking on problems together and big and small. And so, I mean, the goal, the goal of discipleship is to get, people to follow Jesus. But within that, I mean, you're doing that by following Jesus and by, uh, and by following Jesus, that doesn't mean reading the word only. It means like you're abiding, you're learning with these people, with these men or women. And, uh, 
I mean, you're just, I don't know. I just want to simplify it, but I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it really is that simple. It's like, if you need something done, you can call on these guys. If these guys need something done, they can call on you. Um, it's just doing life together. It's you, you can, it's like creating a bond of trust that the world doesn't allow for. Come on, it, it is. It, <laughs> no, There's it's, a- it is. It's supernatural trust. Trust um, building. There's a, it's a different kind of relationships, right? I mean, would you say yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and again, it's not just, I mean, it is friends, but it could be father, son. I mean, there's spiritual yeah. parents. I mean, it's like they, there's different kinds of relationships in it, but it's like, just, I, I'm reminded of when Jesus said, like, who are my, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? I, I, I can't remember. It's those who do what I say, I believe yeah. do as I command are, are my brothers and my sisters and my mother. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's different relationships in there, but I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, you, you just create such true, like real relationships with these people when you're going through real problems together. Whereas like, I mean, you can go to just worldly help groups or you can go, um, and you can go ask for help from family, but, but when you have the Lord, when you're speaking through the Lord and the Lord is speaking through you, I mean, you can't get more honest than that. And that's, I think that's really what sets discipleship apart from a Bible Come study. Come on. Yeah. So there's, that's in a couple of different gospels, right? But in Matthew 12, it says, he replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and bread brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. I don't know if you remember, like this just, the spirit reminded me of this. That was actually one of the words that when we did that little breakout session in Kansas city with you, when you and I were together, like that was one of the words that I took home, um, on the, on my white sheet. And like that I had to press into some of my guys that I was walking with then, like the Lord used that and was like, like, this is where you're up in the, up in the challenge. You know, we talk about high invite and high challenge. Like that was a verse that he gave me to up the challenge to the men that I was walking with in that season was that actual word right there. It's pretty cool. It's amazing, man. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I love that. I love that. So you're talking about like, man, the goal is like discipling people to Jesus, right? And so, man, in that, in that story, like what is the end goal? That's something we've been, we kind of talk about like when making disciples, right? There's like, there's also this, there's an end goal, Correct of making disciples. I mean, that they would make disciples. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> these, oh. these aren't super technical questions. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Oh man. Yeah. No, it's, and that's, that's the key is getting to them point, to a point where they're comfortable making disciples, which I'm learning might take longer than you expect. You can't just say, this is going to be a one year program, everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's funny you said that. My guys, my, my guys currently asked me. Um, we just started. We've only been going for two. Like we've only really met two times. And they're like, "Well, like how long is this gonna be?" And I'm like, "A year minimum, right?" Like I'm not gonna tell you it's gonna be a year exactly because I was like, and I was like, really, it hinges on how fast you begin to abide in the word and abide with the right. Lord. You know, like if you yep. if you begin to abide, like man, it begins to kind of like the Lord gets a hold of you and you begin to like man, He sets you on fire, right? Like you were talking about, you were extremely hungry and you couldn't get enough. Like it's the same story for me It's the same with Travis. I really was all the guys we'd walked with. It was kind of the same story. Like, man, we were like, we just began to buy in the Lord and he began to blow our minds. Yeah. Just latching on. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, 
And I was like, really it depends on you. But I was like, if, you know, if, but if you're, you, one of you guys decides I'm not going to abide for like a year, like he says, like you abide in me, I abide in you. You will produce fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. I was like, man, it depends on you on how long this actually takes. Like it depends on you abiding. When you hear the voice of the Lord, if you choose to walk through the hard things, like earlier you were talking and I was reminded uh, Matthew 16, right? And it's, um, take up your cross and follow Jesus as Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, will find it. Right. Amen. And so it continues yeah. to go on for what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and for forfeits his soul or what shall a man give in return for his soul for the son of man is going to come with his angels and the glory of his father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly. I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Oh, man. That's good. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, oh. it, it's like what you said when you, were, when you were talking about your wife being drawn towards the transformation in your life. Like, like we don't do this stuff. Like, like we walk out obedience, but, man, it's the power of the, the Spirit that... that uh, that does the transformation. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. The transformation in our life. I never cough except for on Thursday afternoons. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally every time I get a microphone in front of me, I'm coughing. Yep. So yeah, it's the spirit that does the transformation. Right. And so like you got to be sitting with the Lord to have the, the power to transform. Come on, man. Exactly. Man, I just, you just reminded me of something big. Um, it's funny enough. Um, Travis bringing me back to when we met in 2019, um, my takeaway from that, that day, I was just hit with today again. Um, and that was James four, seven, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, man, I mean, there's every time you have an opportunity for growth, the enemy is going to attack. And I mean, I, it's been, I've had so many different, um, opportunities that have come up lately and just it's been so difficult because the enemy will try and he'll try and find a foothold here or there you'll start getting angry about something and uh and it can just lead you away from the lord and today i woke up and i was just like lord like i'm crucifying like i'm crucifying myself with you lord lead me like i i can't I can't waste this life. Like this is what you gave me. And, uh, oh man, that reminds me of, uh, when, uh, Peter and the other disciples were running to the tomb to see Jesus and, uh, the other disciples got there before Peter. And, uh, I think it was when you would look into the Greek, it was that he had, uh, I don't know. He had just, he had slowed down his pace yeah. because when he was going back to the tomb, he realized like the last time I saw Jesus or the last time <laughs> he said I was going to deny him and I did. And, um, and it's just, while you're alive, it's not too late. Like you still have the opportunity. Like I just apologize, like repent and believe like, on, you, man. you can still do it. No matter the circumstances you're on this side of eternity still. So come on, man, that's a good word. Yeah. That's good. Whereas you're talking about this, like what I was reminded for you, Rick, was James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast in her trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Right? And man, that trials is like, it blew my mind. It's, it's, 
you know, adversity, affliction, trouble, or trial sent by God and serving to test or prove one's faith, holiness, his character. Right. And it's like, yeah. man, like in our lives, like these, like these trials sometimes happen. Right. And it, and it helps us like, man, hold fast to him and cling to him. And he's like, man, like you will receive the crown of life, which I have promised you. Right. Yep. Come on. Just got to stand in, stand in Christ. Good word. <laughs> this is fun, man. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. It is. Uh, you, like you do have a gift of encouraging. Like I'm, I'm, like I'm super encouraged by just listening to you and like, like I know there's going to be listeners that are hearing this and that like what you're saying is going to resonate with their soul. Right. Yeah. And it like, let it spur them on to love and good deeds. Come on. Come on. And so that being said, Rick, man, if there's any, if there's anything out there, like you want to give our listeners, like those being discipled, those who are not being discipled, disciple makers, any words of encouragement to all three. Man. Um, Jesus loves you. He died for you. And as long as you follow him, you can face anything that comes at you. And don't be afraid. Don't be slowed down. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. And you don't have anything to fear. Come on, man. Yeah. That's a good word. I don't have anything else. I do. And I'm, I would, I would be not walking out. I don't think I would be walking out of obedience if I didn't ask what's the Lord teaching you today. Yeah. Like what's the Lord teaching you? Oh man. Um, even though I don't feel like I'm enough through Jesus, I am enough. Come on, man. It's just hard to, it's hard to live that out, but, but I know it to be true. And so all I can do is just keep on, keep on standing, stepping out in obedience and, uh, and yeah, take one step at a time. Come on, dude. That's good. Travis is pulling some word up. Man, I was trying to find, I was just, oh, thank you, Jesus. I I flipped right to it. Um, James 1 9 says believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Like when you, when you break that down and eat it, like it's talking about like this humility of knowing that like, like we can't do it apart from him, but, but that yet he continues to lift us up to these positions, these high positions. And that's what we take pride in. Right. Is that like, we're not enough, but Jesus is, and he continues to lift us up. And to, and to carry us and, and give us the power to walk out the things that he asked us to walk out. Exactly. Good stuff, man. <laughs> yep. That is good stuff. So Rick, man, will you do this honors and uh, pray us out? Thank you for, thank you for coming on the show, man. And man, thank you for letting us pick your brain and sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to grow. Thank you for just fellowship. Lord, I I know that you're in it because I can meet people once or twice and just feel like they are my brothers. And Lord, I just ask that you would you would use us, that you would use this platform, that you would use your followers, those that believe in you 
to just encourage those that don't know you. Lord, you are good. You are the light. You are the truth. Lord, use us to push forward your kingdom here on earth in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to us. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, please subscribe to us on any podcast platform you're listening to and grace and peace. Grace and peace.